Hey guys, it's David Burns from Baseball Jobs Overseas, and we're back at this again with episode number 72, and this is our third time round with Ryan Flynn, the CEO of Baseball New Zealand. I'm particularly excited about this interview because it's on the eve of the introduction of a new franchise, an Australian Baseball League franchise that will be introduced in Auckland, New Zealand, and uh, that's all due to the hard work behind the scenes, uh, mostly uh, with Ryan Flynn leading the way, and uh, it's also going to present a lot of opportunities for members from our website to potentially go over and start playing baseball in New Zealand. Um, many will probably at the club level, um, and with the opportunity to potentially get called up to the ABL team is the hopes in the future. Um, that's really, we're going to see how that plays out. Uh, we did connect, Ryan and myself, uh, when Josh Colmenter signed up for the website, former MLP pitcher with the Braves and the D-backs. And uh, so I introduced Josh to Ryan, and next thing you know, Josh Colmenter will be pitching for the Auckland team, uh, which he'll announce the name today on this podcast. It has been uh, since this uh, interview took place. They have publicly announced the new name of the team. Um, but we're very excited about this. Baseball New Zealand, if you followed any of the podcast interviews with Ryan before, Baseball New Zealand uh, is a rapidly growing market, and Ryan has been uh, there for about eight years now and has been doing a tremendous job. And uh, I can't wait for you to hear more about what Ryan's been up to, what he thinks, uh, how the, he thinks the season's going to go, uh, some of the ins and outs of how the point system's going to work with imports, uh, and, uh, yeah, what the future holds for baseball in New Zealand. So without further ado, let's get on with this podcast episode number 72 with Ryan Flynn. Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, David. So, uh, you know, I, I obviously, uh, every time we, we sit down and talk, uh, I know that your time is precious and I assume even more so this time around, uh, it has been four years since we spoke at uh, time flies. Uh, and back then, you know, you had been in the position of CEO of baseball New Zealand for about five years at that point. Um, yep. so I'm, I know a lot has happened since then, but as a review, you, you, of the previous podcast episode, there were a number of, of things that you had accomplished in that time. Uh, so I'm just going to rattle off as a review of what, what you um, said on the previous interview. Uh, you, yeah. you, so basically, Baseball New Zealand, from the time that you, you um, assumed that role in 2009 to 2014, you went from unranked to 28th in the world in one year. Uh, you got into the WBC qualifier as the only unranked nation. A number of kids have gone on to play college and affiliated baseball. Um, maybe you can get into to some numbers there. We expect to have about 22 in the U.S. college system by the end of next year, 20 to 22, which is, mm -hmm. which is a huge jump from just one or two a year or one, not even. I think when I arrived, I don't think there was one. Yeah. Uh, and then we've had about six kids, seven kids, signed by MLB teams. One currently is, uh, is doing big things. That's Kyle Goglowski in the Philly system is, uh, he's a starting pitcher in, um, in the, in the Gulf coast league in Florida. And he's really been lights out. We're really thrilled with his progress. The numbers last time I spoke went from 800 to about 6,000 in three years. 
as far yep. as registered baseball players in New Zealand. Yep. Um, and when we spoke, you said you believe New Zealand could be a global power if you could somehow bridge the gap or bring together uh, softball and baseball New Zealand uh, to work together, which I know is it's not an easy thing to do being that um, softball New Zealand is a – is ranked number one in the men's side of things. And uh, so obviously they want to continue to do that and not lose out too much talent to the baseball. Uh, and right. I know that's obviously a constant struggle, but uh, I think there's enough young talent coming up to, to, to share that wealth. But uh, I guess this leads to the question of where have you come in the last four years? What are some of the more recent su- success stories and uh, where do you where do you stand right now in, in your journey of, of building the baseball program in baseball New Zealand? Well, sure. Well, thanks, David. Uh, that was a good recap. I, I think we've had, you know, we, as you mature uh, a program, there's a lot of ups and downs, of course. It's not a straight line uh, going forward. So when we did reach 28th, or I even think we got to 25th or 26th in the world in the WBSC rankings, we've actually, in the last five months or so dropped to 45th in the world and that's not a good look obviously but it's really not on our shoulders we're in a very difficult part of the world in Oceania to play other nations in fact I'll give you a little uh, little episode we went through in January and this is no offense to the other nations in, in the region you know I, I've lived in Guam and I my you know I met my wife in Guam my kids are half Palauan from the island of uh, the nation of Palau mm-hmm. um uh, you know, uh, what what happens is in this region, like Africa, that has, has issues bringing together regional championships, there's so much ocean between us that we can hardly get together. Unlike, you know, in, in Europe, I, I can be in the Netherlands and take a bus ride over to Germany and I can I can play their, one of their teams and, and gather points in the WBSC system. Mm-hmm. We can't. Uh, it's a huge process just to get to Guam from here is $80,000 for an under 18 team, 80 grand mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. So we hosted the, we hosted the 15 Oceania 15s championship, six nation. We built it as a six nation tournament in January. Very excited. Uh, Guam, American Samoa, Australia, New Caledonia, Fiji. At the last minute, Guam and American Samoa didn't show up. Uh, yeah. New Caledonia and Fiji came with overage players so we couldn't play them uh, for points. So it really wound up being Australia and New Zealand. And uh, Australia is still ahead of us. Uh, they've had a huge head start. That's just a fact. Everybody knows it. And um, we lost a very tight game uh, in the second game uh, in extra innings. And they move on to Panama, where they just beat China and Germany, gathered points, and we go nowhere. Yeah. So number two, being number two in Oceania would be probably one of the with, with aspirations and goals and motivation and growing the game would probably be one of the most difficult positions in the world globally to be. And I've made that case to Ricardo Ferrari and Michael Schmidt and Paul Seiler from USA Baseball that we're in a very difficult position when it comes to points. And I, I think that's, that's important to point out because we have to point that out domestically yeah. too to our high performance sports people. Yeah. Um, on the positive side of the ledger, the game continues to expand and grow. Um, the bridge you talk about with softball is finally happening after eight years of, you know, walking a, a fine line of, of getting to know these guys in softball and realizing that we're all the same people. Yeah. 
we were born with a bat and a ball in our hands and and um, you don't want to knock what they've achieved over 50, 60 years. At the same time, you know these guys are such great athletes that they could have been multimillionaires with full college scholarships and be playing in the World Series for the New York Yankees yeah. or the Toronto Blue Jays in mm-hmm. your case. Um, you know, so it, it what we're seeing happening now is softball clubs are offering baseball and it's one by one they're starting to make that move and not feel threatened anymore, realizing that they could offer both. Kids will figure out where they need to go. Um, young boys, if they've got a lot of talent, will go to the Ripken World Series or the Little League events or Pony. They'll be scouted by colleges and pro scouts. If it doesn't work out, they can come back and play softball for 20 years for the Black Sox, and life is good. They can do both. Yeah. And so that's what we're moving toward now. It's mm-hmm. very clear that we've turned that corner and that's, that's groundbreaking for this country and, um, you know, for the numbers of kids that come to the sport because they've lost a ton of kids over the last 30, 40 years realizing, look, if I play rugby or soccer, I've got greater pathways than men softball, yeah. to be fair. So, this so their way numbers they, they, have gone from 80 to 30,000 yeah, or something yeah. like that. So this way they keep a bat and a ball in their hand. Um, and potentially, right. you know, if, if things don't work out uh, on the professional front, then they could always come back and and, and support New Zealand in the, the world championships as a softball player. So That's exactly right. And we encourage the women's game, too, and the older men to play softball. We want them to win. There are people, mm-hmm. you know, so we want them to win. And you brought up a good point about the major leaguers we've had here and coaches. We probably had more major leaguers and coaches out here to teach and, and promote the game in the last seven years, starting with Curtis Granderson. Recently, yeah. we had Didi Gregorius last year, Jim Cott. A.J. Preller from the Padres was here, the GM. Uh, we probably had more players and coaches out here in the last seven years than any country in the world other than America where most of them live, mm-hmm. to be honest. And that's been a big part of our strategy to to showcase the game at a high level and to really, when we have less competition on the ground and less facilities, to exaggerate one area where you can build it up and show people that you can reach out and touch these guys. They're real. They're not all huge people. They're down to earth. Some of them come from small places like New Zealand, even smaller, like Didi from Curacao, where he was brought up. So that's been a big part of the strategy. And I know we'll talk about it, but, but a big, big step has been, uh, our acceptance into the Australian baseball league, a professional winter league. That's a big deal for us. And, um, you know, we believe that that's going to change the game on every level in terms of development, uh, our development model, our high performance model, it gives us a commercial arm for the sport and the visibility we've never had. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, and that is pretty much that segues right into to that discussion or what I was going to bring up next is, you know, obviously this is this is uh, a, a big moment for baseball New Zealand this upcoming Australian Baseball League season, and I know it was not an easy process to to get to this point, um, but uh, yeah, why don't we dive into that a little bit as far as um, how much how much uh, this means to baseball New Zealand to to present a professional team um, to the country, a professional baseball team. And, uh, yeah, we'll just take it from there. Yeah, well, I think, David, I think when kids and families can see the game at a high level up close and knowing that it's your players that make up part of the team at least, your Kiwi, your blood, um, that's a big deal because people need to see things to visualize 
you know, where you can go in life and, and what opportunities are available, what the sport looks like at a very high level um, without seeing it. It's just a lot of talk sometimes. And if you look at basketball in this country, it really shot forward when uh, the New Zealand Breakers, a professional team that's in that are, who are in the NBL, uh, the Australian League with, uh, with us, uh, when that happened and they became successful, basketball has grown massively. A great analogy for us, an American-originated sport. Um, you know, and now Stephen Adams, and we have kids in University of Washington and either Duke or Kentucky and all over the place now, Nebraska, University of Hawaii. And that's what that's a good model for us to show that, um, you know, if if you could see it and reach out and touch it and it, it, it appears more real for your children, why they do the work. And, you know, kids always get into it. All of us get into sport because it's fun and we're with our friends and, and, and on and on. But at a certain point, when you know you're good at something, if the pathways are clear and right in front of you, it's a lot easier to get families and kids to stay motivated in a very cluttered world right now. Mm-hmm. with a lot of competition for people's focus and, and money, right. um, and spending money, right? Yeah. And so for us, we had to be in the league. The way I said it to my board of directors is we have to get in that league. And we've been talking about it for years, but obviously the sport wasn't mature enough mm-hmm. uh, to get there. Um, and, you know, the first year is going to be tough, and, and we're going to be at a temporary facility for only three weekends, 12 games, and then the rest of the time we're going to be road warriors, uh, in Australia, of all places, Road Warriors in Australia. So that works out, I guess. But it'll be difficult on a lot of levels. And uh, But in year number two, uh, with our friends at Regional Facilities Auckland, Auckland Council, we're moving into what is considered, will be considered probably the number one facility in the league. We'll have, we'll play under the lights. We'll, we'll be in a rugby soccer stadium on the North Shore of Auckland that um, is being converted in the summer to become a real minor league type baseball facility. They're blowing out the stands to widen the grounds and we'll have instant replay and we'll have a full corporate area. We'll have a Olympic level swimming pool. We'll have weight rooms, physio lounges, great locker rooms, our offices looking out over the stadium field. I mean, it becomes like a college pro high performance campus with uh, Massey university, one of the big universities here. And that just changes the game overnight for us and that is what we've been working for for uh, for a long time we need a shot like that 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 puts us ahead because we know we have the athletes we know kids want to play the game we know we're talented at hitting a ball and throwing a ball and all you add all of that up this crystallizes everything the abl and what we're moving into especially next season for us yeah yeah definitely and so obviously this is this is the big trial run this season um so what are some of the goals in this inaugural season to that you need or you're looking to try to reach to keep this this hype train going and moving into obviously what will be in a very exciting second season sure yeah that's a good good question um the big the big the big one you know on the commercial side we need to drive some revenue streams to be to be completely frank right we have uh, we have some investors it's uh, we've got to step up pretty quickly we've got to get bums in the seats we've got to establish our merchandise uh, lines our corporate partners are very important right now getting them on board um, here and internationally and then obviously on the field we want to put a competitive team on the field yeah and uh, it'll be difficult again the australians have quite a few advantages but 
you know, we've all been in underdog situations and those can be enjoyable too, because when you get over the line as an underdog, it, it can be, it can be even more enjoyable than being the New York Yankees or the New England Patriots. Right. So, um, we've got to, we've got to take our knocks. Um, I'm sure a lot of the Australian franchises took their knocks early. Um, they did have the luxury of having some MLB money, uh, to get the league off the ground, which is no longer there. We don't have that. Uh, which is which is unfortunate, but you know we're going to do our part. The league is only as strong as the weakest team, so we want to add a lot to this equation. We bring Sky TV to the equation too, which is really important for the league mm-hmm. to be broadcast back to Australia and around the world. Um, yeah, we we be, we make it inter, we make it an international league on day one. It'll be the first regular season games to ever be played uh, internationally when the bandits come over here in week number two from Brisbane. And so I think we bring a lot to the table, but I think we have a, I think we have a lot of struggles to go through and I haven't done any victory laps with our board of directors or our small staff yet, because uh, we still have a long way to go in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. But I'll be tuning in for that first one and I'll be promoting it on my end as much as possible because, you know, I'm excited about this. Uh, Obviously putting a competitive team on the field, like you said, is, is um, priority number one, because, uh, you know, you, 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 you want to be competitive at all costs in this first year to, to establish that fan base and to get those followers. And if you're not competitive, that's going to be, that's going to be difficult to do. So obviously Josh Coleman is one of the, the is your first big signing, uh, one of your marquee yeah, players that you're bringing. Thanks to you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that connection. Yeah, that, well, obviously, I'm very excited about that and 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 being a part of that. And um, you know, so how and also he's he's involved in the coaching side of things. He was the pitching coach for um, your U15 national yeah. team um, yeah. recently uh, on a trip to. Um, where where did you go again? We went to Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah. Yep. Um, we didn't get into Panama, and yeah. Look, I think we've done. I think we've done a pretty good job of bringing world class talent. I mean, we've never been able to have them play for us, obviously, until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to bring them out, look, DJ Carrasco, Chris Woodward, Ron Renicky, Gary Wheelock from the Mariners, Josh. I mean, our 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 kids are pretty lucky. Yeah, I never was coached by men like that at that level, even growing up three hours away from Yankee stadium, to be quite uh, brutally honest with, and I had some good coaches, but not like this. And Josh is an incredible guy. He he understands marketing and advertising and understands how to promote a game. Mm -hmm. Um, He's really laid back and he doesn't need, he's been a major leaguer for years. He was a major leaguer last year and he doesn't need all the pomp and circumstance. He doesn't need, um, you know, all the frills and, and, and we're really lucky to have them in our program and have them pitch a year removed uh, from Major League Baseball uh, as one of our starters is, is, is just massive for us. And, um, you know, we couldn't have found a better human being. And, and with him, we've got DJ Carrasco. He's been announced as, as our pitching coach, a former, another former Major Leaguer who also may suit up as a player coach. Oh, really? And awesome. That's yeah. Cool. He, he's still throwing low nineties and, yeah. and both of those guys can get out, uh, uh, you know, double a, triple a hitters, major league hitters right now. I'm convinced. I mean, the game in, in, in America's moved into, you know, a velocity game on the mound, but there's still guys throwing, you know, 80, 87, 86 to, to 91 that can get major leaguers, major league hitters out. And, and I think they'll do well. 
Uh, and then we'll have, we've announced Daniel Amhun, who plays in the German Bundesliga. He played with the Atlanta Braves. He's an Auckland kid. Yeah. Um, who really is a five-tool player, yeah. but really never got a chance because he was a softball kid signed by the Braves at 17 and really wasn't mature enough and ready to handle it. But if he had been signed at 23, 24, I've seen the kid do some amazing stuff against top top talent in the world, Taiwan and you know top 10 teams in the world, professionals. And uh, we're excited to have him back. We're hoping, we're also hoping that one a player that you may know that played Major League Baseball. He's in Italy right now. Scott Richmond playing mm-hmm. in Italy in the Italian league. Yeah, uh, he's a Kiwi through his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes back and plays for us. And then John Holtzcom, the big righty, who's a Kiwi out of Rancho Cucamonga, California, who's pitched in the WBC, the first WBC qualifiers with his brother Lincoln, who sadly was killed in a car crash in 2015. Um, that John's arm is right again after pitching with the Pittsburgh Pirates, all the, made it all the way to the major leagues a few years ago. Uh, the big righty comes back and pitches for us starting in week four. Um, you know, that core group gives us a pretty good pitching staff without even talking about the um, uh, affiliated players from Japan and the United States who we hope to bring in. And uh, But if you want to talk about the roster makeup um, – and the point system, yeah. it is definitely all new, and uh, we're working our way through that right now. It's just very, very complex compared to putting a minor league team together in America. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was kind of looking through the point system the other day with with Jimmy, and and yeah, we were, we 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 aren't envious of of the general manager anyway. In, in for for an ABL yeah. club this year, it looks like it's a little bit, a little bit tricky, a little confusing. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously designed to, to give the, the local players some opportunity, uh, to play at a high level while at the same yeah. time, um, it's, it's, it's going to be challenging. You have your two marquee players that you could bring in and they don't count as any, uh, there's no points against, um, will be Josh. Yeah. Josh will be one of those Josh players. Will be one of those. Exactly. But then, yeah. uh, other foreign players that don't, that you don't, um, claim as a marquee player, then count as four points, I believe. Um, that would be the independent players, David. And, yeah. and the way in the, there was, there's been plenty of independent players, mm-hmm. uh, very worth, very strong independent players um, who have come out. You know, the kid that played pitched for Brisbane last year that was signed by the Yankees, Bollinger, yeah. um, mm-hmm. played in Europe too. Um, and and we really thought that that would be a big part of our program. And I do believe we'll, we'll, we'll be working with independent players. The problem is you can see for the point total, get to that 150 points by the end of the season, um, it, it, it's, it's a lot more difficult because the affiliated players in MLB, KBO, MPB, CPBL, they're generally paid for by their, by their affiliated teams, right? Yeah. All their costs. Yeah. Indie players are – cost you a certain amount of money to bring them out depends some come out on their own and so mm-hmm. it's a different arrangement with every uh with every player and but the point system now the new point system it works against you really to have yeah. too many independent players so a couple key guys during the season absolutely and you want to be ready to have those guys in the country or on speed dial because uh, you yeah. know you're going to need them there's going to be injuries especially in a country like ours where we want to develop our local players, but yeah. we don't always have the depth at every position. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I can say this, the only reason I'm doing it is to develop our local players. That's it. Yeah. It's not to run a professional team in Auckland, New Zealand, 
just for the heck of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's to, it's to change the game here. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be walking a very fine line, um, with what we do and how we do that and how we maneuver. Some of it won't be up to us, uh, who the affiliated teams decide to give us yeah. is who they give us. Yeah. And we have to work around that and work around the Kiwis that I've mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few more, uh, that we have, and, and that's what we have right now, but I'm hoping we're going to be able to give some of our young kids a run and that we have some independent players that move out here and that are ready to get a call up when we need them. And I, I imagine by the end of the season, there's probably a couple independent players, if we do it correctly, who are going to have breakout years and, and get re-signed just like a couple of our Kiwi kids. Yeah, which happens every year in the ABL too. And um, a, a number of guys, number of indie guys that get called up from the state leagues and then perform well. And then next thing you know, they're, they're affiliated again or for the first time. Um, so yeah. I, I guess my question would be is, is how do you anticipate uh, a number of independent guys playing club baseball that are kind of on a, on standby and are is it more up to the club or is it more filtered down through baseball New Zealand to the clubs and, and, and so that there's those players in place for when you do need them? Well, I think it's uh, I think it's a trial year. So all of the above, maybe, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I mean, I don't think we can dictate any of this right now. I mean, yeah. I can tell you right where we're at now. We, we have our core group of Kiwis that I'm busy trying to lock down and, and, uh, in, in the negotiating process to get, I hope to have them over the line in the next week yeah. uh, financially with their tickets, with their contract status and okay. signed and sealed and delivered working around those guys. Like I told you uh, earlier, uh, we talked about quickly, you know, with us, a lot of our Kiwis are abroad compared to boss Australians, maybe a bunch in Australia still live in their area. A lot of our guys have moved overseas. Mm-hmm. So, or, or live overseas. Holtz come in, in Florida now. Lamb Hunt's moved to Germany. Um, Scott Richmond lives uh, year-round. He has a home in Arizona. Um, even Tuetta Bishop, who played with the Red Sox and Brewers. Bo Bishop lives in Adelaide. Uh, Max Brown lives in Washington State. Um, so we, we, we can't bring these guys back and forth. So we've got to lock into some of our core group and, and stay with them. Mm-hmm. The hope is the American affiliated players and the Japanese affiliated players from MPB and MLB stay healthy. We get a core group of studs that, that, that enjoy it, want to, want to be a part of this, want to win, but also want to develop and get their reps. And then around that, you'll have guys that will be able to, I'm sure there will be injuries. There'll, there'll be other issues a lot of the Japanese players go home early over the years. They go home a little early to get back into their spring training in uh, Miyazaki or Okinawa. Um, and we'll, we'll have to bring guys up. Or if there's a, a couple indie guys that are just are there and showing that, they're, that they can play at that level, we know their background, we might sign them on the dotted line early. But, but right now, I can tell you, we're working with our core Kiwis mm-hmm. and with all MLB MPB, CPBL, and Taiwan KBO teams to try to lock down on that core group of players to get us over the line right now. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then, and so it's just you know, I know that's kind of how Australia has worked, or the or the ABL franchises in Australia is, you know, the whenever there's an injury or or somebody's not performing or is released, and then, then they have a number of. Um, independent players that are overplaying in the state leagues that they can kind of draw from, um, provided those clubs yep. are 
open to to releasing them or allowing them to play um so i I just wanted to see if that was something that was part of the long-term goal anyway um with this most definitely and maybe and maybe david we'd 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 run them out for a weekend and see how they go just like some of our development players right and and see how they respond you know and they'll have to perform right away but as athletes or ex-athletes like us then uh you know that sometimes you get that one shot but i would hope that we'd have some guys flying out and playing in our local, especially in our Auckland league. And as the other leagues, remember our, our strongest men's league by far is Auckland. The others aren't even, aren't close yet. And they're trying to get there quickly. Wellington, Christchurch, and yeah. uh, a lot of great athletes in there. Uh, there are people on the our people on the ground are doing amazing things to get that sped up. Yeah. But, but we're, we're still building facilities every day. Our people on the ground, uh, volunteers, um, it's a process, but we expect this entire ABL focus to speed up that process for our clubs on yeah. the ground, development and infrastructure. Most, Huge. Most definitely. Us. Yeah. And in the past, you know, um, you know, with that anticipated growth um, in, in these other regions as well with Chris, Chris Richards there in Wellington. And, yeah. and I know you've brought in other coaches over the years, um, you know, to date, there's been very little importing of, players mostly coaches um to help with that development um and but in my opinion my opinion the new zealand clubs have an opportunity to to bring in high level independent players because a a lot of these guys that go to australia they're there on a work and holiday visa which is kind of a one and done thing and then they're looking for somewhere to go the next winter and uh, so i i often have a, a lot of um you know, strong independent players or former affiliated players that are looking to play somewhere in the winter. And I know yeah. when the time comes or the budget is, is there um, to, you know, or, or, or things are in place like host families and whatnot, then there, there's definitely a kind of a smorgasbord of pro players that could come in. So I guess it well, comes I down think- to the quality level of play within those, within those club leagues. And if it satisfies these players and, and, you know, there's a mutually beneficial relationship. You're, you're right. It's a fine line right now. I could say on a given week, there could be a great game in Auckland, men's game. Yeah. And then it could fall down and be horrendous the next week, right? Not, not really where it needs to be. And so it's still, when you're, when you're building a program, there's a lot of ups and downs. It's not, again, it's not a straight line. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I, I believe with the ABL within the next year, maybe not as much this year, but I know that clubs are starting to get aggressive with bringing in talent. We're being more aggressive with developing our own talent. I remember last year's men's championship uh, here, um, which was well earlier this year, was was a was a heck of a ball game. I mean, guys that could play in the first division, the whole team could play in the first division in any of the Australian states. Yeah. Uh, those two teams, and the the team that eventually won, uh, four of their players are in college now in America. Yeah. So. That's not a bad level of play, and guys are starting to come home more. And uh, and and you know some of the guys that come out want to just play, and some want to just coach. Like Chris and Nick Stanley just wanted to coach; they don't play, mm-hmm. um, which is which is fine. I mean, both have taken leading roles in our national program and have gone all over the world yeah. to the Ripken World Series, to Taiwan, to Australia. Um, so I, I think we we are starting to offer quite a few opportunities for. Coaches, players, and player coaches, depending on what young men want to do. Yeah. And uh, I think those will increase um, by leaps and bounds over the next 12, 18, 24 months. Yeah. I really do. 
yeah oh i i think everything's in place for that to to happen exactly and i know i know the the, the couple of coaches chris and, and nick that you know i have sent your way um in, in previous years they they stay <laughs> so there, there must be something going on good there and they're 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 i know chris uh, speaking with him uh, he he's excited about the progress and the potential in, with baseball in new zealand and uh, so you know, obviously something something good is going on in New Zealand, and I'm looking forward to see how how this plays out. Um, so I guess we'll. I think that's we true. Your, your guys your guys have stayed, David. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've relied on I've relied on you to screen them. I still think that's our system. What we're going to propose to our clubs is that you screen them. It's a very tight system, mm-hmm. and uh, sure, they could have a guy call them and they could find a different. I can't micromanage everything every club does, but. Yeah. If everybody knows they could go to you and have a list of guys at various positions or talents or want to coach or play, and they knew it was as simple as, I think each club has to come up with a system or we have an overall, like you and I have talked about, is it a set amount that we come up with? Is it, you know, you can offer a car and housing and here's your per diem for six months? Is it seasonal? Is it, you know, on the national side, when I found good guys through you, uh, Chris and Nick, who were very talented and, and rolled with the punches and coach any age grade, mm-hmm. um, I think they saw right away that they could jump into something pretty special and have uh, a huge impact, maybe more than in a lot of places in the world, because yeah. we're developing so quickly their word and their instruction and, and what they could do is a lot more exciting than in other places, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's that's the feedback I've had and f- from watching from the outside, so... Um, yeah, I think we've covered just about everything. I mean, if there's anything you want to add, um, I'd be, I'd be curious to hear of any, um, oh yeah, I wanted to actually ask you about, uh, the name of the team. I know it has not been announced yet. Um, do you have any anticipation? Oh, you can tell you, cause I know this won't run in the next week. We're going to announce it on Monday, Okay, uh, our month. So you can do what you need to do with that and cutting yeah. it out. But, um, yep. it's the Auckland Tuatara. And even plural, it's Tuatara with no S. And that is a little reptile that lives on the outer islands um, around here. And it's it's probably, they, they say it's a reptile that's more closely related to the dinosaur than any living in the world. Yeah. You know, because New Zealand was very removed. It didn't have predators, really. Mm-hmm. It had, well, it had a giant eagle. It had a moa that was like an ostrich for many years, maybe 300 years ago. The last one was killed or 200 years ago. And, you know, the kiwi bird, all the flightless birds, we have like one of the only flightless parrots in the world because they didn't have to get away from anything. Mm -hmm. So they foraged on the ground. And so we had just very small, you know, we had reptiles and a lot of different beautiful birds. Some flew, some didn't through evolution. And this reptile is a protected, you know, it's bred in the San Diego Zoo as well. I think that's the only other place. It's a, it's a beautiful little lizard and it's a, it's meaningful. We're going to try to help protect it too. Uh, it's 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 it means a lot to the Maori culture, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have fun with it as well. It's a good symbol for this country. In fact, our open day on Monday, I get back from the Gold Coast ABL meetings on Saturday morning. Our open day will be at the Auckland Zoo at the Tuatara exhibit oh, cool. on Monday. So oh. We'll announce the name. Oh, that's great. Pretty excited about that. That's exciting, and you got the new logo out and everything too, which looks great. I, I think you settled on a great logo um, for for yep. baseball New Zealand. Great logo. We've got the, 
we've got the Seattle well we've got a baseball New Zealand logo which yeah. we we're, we love and it's that it's received incredible feedback mm-hmm. and I got one to Colin Hanks Tom's son who uh, wears all of our gear I'm sending him some stuff and uh, cool. they're still going through that process Brian and Brandon are yeah. designers and Dave Bishop in Australia the guys in America who are amazing yeah. and our Tuatara logo is fantastic with a local designer Barry Wiley yeah. And um, our colors, our color combination for the uniforms uh, will be the Mariners, will be the teal and the navy. Oh, and, the, and, and I think it's a beautiful color combination. Yeah. I think it's great for New Zealand and, you know, being by the water, yep. uh, Mariners as well here. And um, it just makes a lot of sense for us, really stands out amongst the league color combination. So there is a lot of positive change. And we've got to run those two together, the national body and the Tuatara as a private entity, but, you know, merge the development plan for our kids yep. and, uh, and pull it all together in a holistic program for the whole of baseball, uh, for the good of the country and finally become that Dominican Republic of the, of the Pacific that I keep saying will be eventually <laughs> yeah. on the world scene. Yeah. That, that sounds like that, that's sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And I have, do have one request that, yeah. uh, that Josh Cole mentor lead the Haka. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be. He's seen it now up close, so he might know a little bit from our 15s team in Taiwan. I yeah, don't know what I he thought that. about it, but he's just such a. Yeah, I, I don't know how we're going to approach the Haka and the ABL because it's not a national team. Yeah. So it, it's something that we might, maybe some of the local guys would break out maybe after a game. I don't know. We'll have to discuss it with the Australians. Yeah, it's, we'll uh, the Australians know it, but the rest of the world, not always. Sometimes when we play. Uh, more baseball nations like Venezuela or Dominican Republic, they have no idea what we're doing <laughs> when we're in an international tournament. So it, it, it elicits some interesting responses, that's for sure. But it's so it's so meaningful for our boys, obviously, and it always yeah. will be. We really don't care what the rest of the world thinks about it, to be uh, fair. I, I love watching it. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. So and Good. so, so Good. hope to see it. <laughs> cool. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how this all plays out. And yeah, if you could hang on after after uh, we, we finish off here, um, just to discuss a couple of things, um, that'd be great. Perfect. Thanks, David. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Ryan. No worries. Hey, real quick, before you hit the stop button, if you know anybody out there that is looking to extend their career or to take their career to a new level, uh, there's so many opportunities out there, you, you wouldn't believe it. There's a number of different leagues at a number of different levels overseas that present opportunities for players from a variety of different backgrounds. Whether you're a pro player or an amateur player, there are opportunities to take your game to the next level. And we do provide you with... Uh, pre-registration feedback. So if you're thinking about taking your crew overseas and registering with BaseballJobsOverseas.com, make sure to give me a shout first at dburns at BaseballJobsOverseas.com. I'm happy to lay it out for you. Uh, Pure honesty, let you know what your odds are, what your chances are, what you'd be looking at, and uh, leave you with some parting advice uh, to help you achieve some of your baseball goals. And uh, if you're a club in New Zealand, who's listening to this podcast episode, we have players that want to come to New Zealand. Feel free to inquire with me what it would take to get a player over to New Zealand and into your club. 
Uh, it, it's a lot easier than you think. If you haven't tried it before, we're here to guide you along the way and support you uh, to make the process smooth. We've been doing it for a number of years. We know what the pitfalls are, so uh, feel free to reach out as well at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and until next time, take care, and may the baseball gods be with you.